Do you have the keys on you? Let's open the door. It's our only chance. Unless you'd rather we all die in here without fighting back. I don't know. It's just... Lacus. Kira... I'll take them. Huh? I want to do it, Lacus. Give me the keys. No. You don't have to. It's all right. I'm all right with it, Lacus, really. Kira. It would bother me more if I was unable to protect you. I know protecting you is the right thing to do. I'm sorry. Okay. Give me the keys. Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that now has to watch Destiny. My name is Jeremy. I'm the ghost of Tyler, but also just Tyler. My name is Zach. You may be wondering why I did that, as Zach clearly is, and it's because we got some good ghost dad screen time this week. Ah, it's been a while, but it's back in style. So did we ever get a final tally on Seed? Because we didn't mention it in the last couple of episodes. Uh, maybe I was planning on mentioning it in the wrap-up episode. The final Ghost Dad time in Gundam Seed was... He had 16 minutes and 59 seconds before he died, and <laughs> 39 seconds after he died, for a total screen time of 17 minutes and 38 seconds. Okay, so that's why we didn't mention him a lot in the last couple episodes of Seed. It's because he didn't actually show up that much after he died. No, it's mainly... Uh destiny that i always had the feeling that he just was always there yeah it turns out he was not he has I, not actually been here that much yet i feel like they cut him out but i could be wrong i might <laughs> it might be a mandela effect thing but this week we got ghost dad in phase 13 resurrected wings whose wings got resurrected the answer is hero yui he's back guys yeah he's back he's got the <laughs> wing he'll kill you exactly <laughs> don't invite him to your birthday party Oh, I remember that scene. It is such a... He's the biggest asshole in the history of Gundam. A series about shitty teenagers. To be fair... Amuro Ray would have just not shown up. He would not have... <laughs> he would have taken He would have taken the, the uh, invitation. Not taken the invitation, ripped it up, and threatened the other person's <laughs> life. In front of an audience of fancy lads and lasses. Arguably, Hiro Yui is not a teenager. He's just... He's 16. He's just an extremely dysfunctional adult. On the other hand, his theme song is called The Wings of a Boy Who Killed Adolescence, so, <laughs> which is a rad name for a rad theme song. That is an aggressively anime name, I feel. Like, have you ever looked at the soundtracks for some JRPGs and a like, couple looked of them. at the names of the songs, and you're like, what were you smoking that you thought this was the title of a song? Well, this the ones for uh, Persona 5 are pretty good. I mean, Persona 5s all sound like actual song names because they're all actual, one, actual songs, and two, they all serve like an actual purpose, right? Because they're all like, you know, blood in the desert or... Rivers in the desert? Yeah, but whatever. Rivers of blood, oceans of chaos. And from a lacerated sky. <laughs> Total genocide. I don't know. I feel like last week I did a whole bunch of stuff before we watched the episode. So did we? I talked to you a bunch about... 
That's remember because Zach had to use the restroom. Oh yeah, I remember that. And um, I planned to talk to you about stuff anyway. Now I forgot how this podcast works. I'm like every time I record. <laughs> you think that you know, even though we do this on a weekly basis or bi-weekly basis, you think we'd be better about remembering how the episode is supposed to go? Should I give a recap? Do we care at yeah, this point? Tell okay. me about the sad boy, the angry boy, and the sangry boy, Tyler. Okay, so there was a sad boy. He's going to be less sad this episode, or maybe more sad. But now he'll have a giant mobile suit to do it in. Spoilers. Sangry Boy doesn't even show up. Oh, I actually, they want to give him a Medal of Chaos for his the service. The appointed star? For his service to the Emperor, yes. That is not chaos. <laughs> that is the opposite of chaos. Yeah, for law and chaos. Chaos, if you will. Cha- chaotic lawful? <laughs> you know, <laughs> my, I, I, my I, favorite alignment. I kind of want to <laughs> do a podcast on 40K now with Tyler just to see how wrong he is about everything. <laughs> I just want a shirt that says chaotic lawful. <laughs> Maybe with a picture of Shinasuke on it? (laughs) (laughs) That would be pretty great. Actually, I really like the idea of just doing like one of those. You explain the the lore of 40K to me in 30-minute intervals, and you just have to cut off hard at the end. That would be an interesting segment. Like that one person explaining Naruto, right? Uh, It's Kingdom Hearts. It's Kingdom Hearts. That podcast is Kingdom Hearts. It's very good. Okay. They're getting the Burba Slip, which is where Kingdom Hearts goes right off the rails. (laughs) Oh, man. I was playing Pokemon today in a raid battle, and some guy had a Corviknight named Burb. And it was very, <laughs> very funny. Oh, also, Angry Boy. Angry Boy also gets a mobile suit today. Um, and his girlfriend, meanwhile, Queen President of Orbland, declares war accidentally on everyone in space. And the rest of Earth loves her for it. And also her new husband also loves her for it, but hates her gaudy fashion ring. You're, you're talking about what's happening this episode. That's what's happened Oh, in the I'm past. sorry. Yes, I got a little distracted by our talks of lawful chaotic. So that's a preview for this episode, and I guess that's what you're getting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, previously, things led up to the points where we're here at. Yeah. I guess a- Angry Boy fought in a war, and he doesn't understand his identity anymore. And then Sweet Space President said, hey, would you like another mobile suit to go fight a war? I think we're going to basically just do Gundam Seed again. You want to do that? We've got one in the basement. Yeah, we've got one in the basement. There's another Archangel. Just go, go do that again. Sad Boy's been sad. He's done literally nothing this entire show other than be sad. His girlfriend's awesome, but she also hasn't done anything. Her imposter has done more than she has. She had a fancy meal with a sangry boy. <laughs> well, she also, like, was like, yes, obey the chairman because he's right. Oh, I'm sorry. Is, is She had propaganda. That's what Is Atherin sangry boy? Yeah, Atherin is sangry boy. Okay. He's sad and angry. That is fair. I feel like... Shin is also sad and angry. I feel like Shin can't pro- this process the sadness because he doesn't have those two years of maturity. So, so he's just angry. Yeah. Okay. Angry boy also is not in this episode. Or I guess previously he went berserk, and that was very useful. He at went the time. to very very angry. Yeah. He he became super angry. He went super angry. Um, he went super. Angry. Are there any other important players? There is a a house by the sea. Where three jealous sisters are waiting for their coffee because Andrew Walfelt can't make coffee fast enough for all of them because he's too neurotic about it. And also a bunch of orphans are there. That's a pretty good recap, right? Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> also, Ghost Dad died once and now he's back. So we are going to watch <laughs> Phase 13, Resurrected Wings. <laughs> that was arguably the worst recap I have ever given, ever. Arguably? <laughs> I don't think there's any arguing there, Tyler. Well, I was going to say, I mean, there is an argument to be made. It's a very strong argument. (laughs) I got a little distracted in the middle. I'm sorry. We're watching Phase 13, Resurrected Wings. You can do it on Crunchyroll or maybe YouTube or Hulu, depending on where in time you are. (laughs) Or you can listen to me tell it to you. (laughs) I wouldn't recommend that option. We start on last time when the angry boy and his two friends were fighting all of the mobile suits. 
and we're attacked by Orb and a crab. A very big crab. It's a very cool crab. It's got heat claws and everything. But Angry Boy goes Super Saiyan for the first time ever. Everyone's first time is around 16, I feel. Um, and then he wrecks a bunch of stuff and saves the day. But also slaughters millions. I feel like yeah, we see a lot of escape boats. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say definitely not millions. It's more like hundreds, maybe. Meanwhile, in space, the Sangry Boy Atherin is getting a medal that says, This is a do-what-you-want-free card. This is a do-the-military-your-way. This is the Burger King medal. It lets you have the military your way. And he takes off to join the Minerva in the Savior. It's clearly not Burger King. It's Burger Czar. <laughs> Burger President. Mm. Burger Chairman. The Patty Palace? No. That sounds like a crusty crab competitor. It does, yes. We get the opening freeing for us mercifully from this, and maybe we can do a serious episode recap <laughs> starting now. <laughs> Unlikely. Have you listened to these episodes before, Jeremy? No, actually. So previously, Shinasuka's family was murdered accidentally while Kira was defending the nation of Orb from attack, basically, and now he's very angry about it. And he's on board a super experimental Zaft ship. I had to remember which allegiance he was because I can't remember their uniform for some reason. Also, some people tried to drop a colony on Earth and partially succeeded? So now Earth is very angry at space, but also... The people in space are genetically engineered, so there's additional hatred towards people in space from the people on Earth. So now they're at the war. And also Orb, two years in the future, even though it seems like way further in the future, is now allying themselves with Earth to get back at space, because otherwise they'll be destroyed, but probably also other political machinations. Also, we Dr. Evil has a cat. <laughs> that was a much better and succinct <laughs> recap, and it didn't even take you the entirety of the opening. <laughs> this is the last time we're seeing this opening, by the way. Well, I mean, are you just sad because we're getting probably fewer characters running around naked in the opening? No, it gets caressively more, Zach. You know that. <laughs> I know. None of this nudity has been particularly tasteful thus far. The nudity in the ending is much more tasteful. So we begin with the Minerva smoking, dinged up. I do really like how battle damage it is. I think it's a little bit more than dinged up. It's smoking. They've just loaded up all the mobile suits. It's pulling in Isaac and Diarca. And they're like, man, I hope that there won't be any other follow-up attacks, because did you see all the damage? Welcome again to why the impulse is a terrible design. Because he walks it on board, and now they got to take it apart. It's fine. I actually really like that Gladys and Arthur are, like, talking to each other over the battle damage report. And there's like, please report the law of navigation. But they're like, man, thank God Shin was here. It's like, yeah, he sunk six vessels. That's goddamn incredible. He sank their battleship. <laughs> have you ever, have you seen Kira? To be fair, he did basically just go from nothing to ace all of a sudden. That's pretty impressive. And I do like that the mechanics are hugging him like, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, too, for saving all of us. <laughs> He's appreciating it, as opposed to Kira, who never knew how to handle the attention. Well, it wasn't so much that he didn't know how to handle the attention. is that Kira actually had a feeling of what he was doing. Shin, I don't think, has let himself process that. that Kira the always felt the bad. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I more mean, like, I don't think Shin has let himself process that uh, those are people in those other mobile suits, or he's hiding it behind the, they're trying to kill me logic, which is perfectly fine logic. He's also actually had, like, psychological soldier training, too. Yes, there is that, too, whereas Kira never got any of that, so it makes sense that Kira's a bit more damaged in that way. So while Shin's receiving all this adulation, Gladys is like, now I understand why he got the mobile suit and not Ray. It's because All Might found him first. <laughs> no, it's because Shin has emotions, and clearly that's what counts. But she's like, 
it didn't make much sense to me. But Chairman Durandal ha- is a specialist at DNA analysis. Put that in your back pocket. Yeah, can we can we pause? That on a second? doesn't even make any sense. Did the chairman hand pick Shin? Because that's what the implication here. And further, that implies that the chairman went to a goddamn science lab, did a bunch <laughs> of work himself, and he's like this one. And then went back to Chermaning. <laughs> <laughs> it's super weird. I don't... Be, he is commander-in-chief, I think. I mean, it's fine if he handpicked it. That's fine. But they imply that he was handpicked because the chairman himself used his science knowledge and not relied on one of well, his advisors. Also, his DNA could... doesn't tell you what somebody's going to be good at. Well, you say that, but maybe we're not good enough at DNA. And I also, it could be that he had a bunch of techs give him the DNA analysis like of the candidates. And he's and he like, like, hmm, this one. This one's th- got a spike this, here. This angry boy is the most likely to go Super Saiyan. So. <laughs> yeah, so is Ray emotional enough to go Super Saiyan? And I'm like, yeah, I was pretty sure we were going to die. And then he just showed up. Not even the freedom could uh, top Yaki that. Yaki Dua could possibly top that. I was like, did you actually see the freedom at that point? Because I-, I don't think you saw it. If you no, did, no, he clearly that was didn't. nothing. Although, to be fair, the freedom did not shoot down a lot of battleships. I mean, yes. But there was also considerably more things for Kira to shoot. True. Yeah, he basically single-handedly destroyed an entire army. Shin destroyed a battalion. Although, to be fair, they are definitely caught up in the moment here. Yeah. I mean, even Gladys is like, I'm so glad we have Angry Roy on board. Well, like, she's requesting a decoration, which I, I like that is a... Th- like, they're mentioning that because that definitely would be worth a medal. Yeah, like I said, he went instant ace. That is uncommon even in this universe. And the mechanic's like, anyway, get back to work. Then you got notice the ship was blowed up. We gotta make sure we'll make it to Carpentaria. I like Luna comes up like, yeah, what happened? You just suddenly became a super ace. And which she actually says in English, which I love. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. I just thought I was gonna die. And I got corpus. really angry. <laughs> yeah. I just got really angry and was like, I'm not gonna die here. And then suddenly, uh, suddenly the rain was gone. I could see all the obstacles in my way. And I stuck swords in them. I love how I, I love how Lunamaria's response is, you mean you lost it? Like, okay, so you're saying you went insane. And I do like how she's like, no, that wasn't it. But he says it so serenely, like she's not even making fun of him. Yeah. But she's like, well, I guess I can't argue with the results. You did save the ship pretty much single-handedly. And Ray's Ray like, has an expression. And he's like, to be alive is a valuable thing. I read that in a book. That's the only reason I can say that. But it means there's still tomorrow. I do really like And that both of them are like, what the fuck is wrong with him? But then Shen's like, that's fine. I'm just going to smile. Yeah, he looks smile really and grumpy nod. and then smile. he smiles a little bit. But then he walks off and is a bit more... Ray. Yeah. I was going to say, he actively looks almost like, not grumpy, but maybe pensive. Yeah. Uh, knowing some stuff about Ray, I'm kind of wondering if this is supposed to be foreshadowing of some stuff, but I'm not sure. So anyway, there's an official announcement that Orb is going to join the World Security Treaty Organization next week. And Kigali is at her father's grave. Which, by the way, it looks Says like we will never forget about like all the sacrifices and whatnot. And I think that's to counter. I mean, it really is to counterpoint the announcement that they're going to join with the uh, Earth Forces, basically, because like she remembers the Earth Forces are the ones that wrecked Orb the first time. So she thinks about her ghost dad and all the times he gave speeches that would directly counter what Orb is doing right now. And then thinks about other people giving her those exact same speeches that we saw like two episodes ago. I do like that the monument stone looks like it's written in, like, JRPG font. Like, it's like, you find a memorial. It says this. Also, it's not quite proper English. So anyway, Wakagali is thinking about how different her nation is. Her new boyfriend, Yuna, comes up and says, hey, this place hasn't changed one bit. 
I'm just walking up casually to this cemetery. Well, it's not even some, like, he's walking off the one side, and I swear to God there were trees around him when he was coming up earlier, so, like, (laughs) abruptly he has teleported to the top of this hill. And he's like, yeah, we should really get, like, proper graves for your father and everyone else who blowed themselves up. Mostly, I'm sick of walking up this staircase. (laughs) And he's like, I thought I'd find you here, but you should totally have a bodyguard, since yours screwed off to space, and also I don't trust you with him. I mean, she probably should, because she's an official in their government, but so should he, and at the same time, (laughs) everybody seems to love Kigali. I mean, she is basically president, though, and how often have you ever seen an American president without some sort of bodyguard? I'm really not sure if she's supposed to be president or if Yuna's dad is supposed to be she, president. He calls her chief representative yeah. later in this episode. Like, which, I, I Prime minister, president. Maybe I should look this up because this has I come up enough. I don't think they ever actually really like define how Orb's government is really supposed to work. Well, I'm just going to see if the wiki has like job titles for them. I think she is chief representative, whatever the hell that is. means. Yeah, that's the problem. I know she's chief representative. I just don't know where that ranks. I well, guess she's I was first among his e- title sounded more fancy. <laughs> basically, <laughs> it's basically a matter of is she first among equals, or does she have more authority than the other ones? Do? She does usually stand at the head of the table, or I guess like the foot, and Yuna's dad is like out the other side. So, so cut to a limo that Yuna and Kigali are now in, and she looks so bored. She's like, "So, what do you want?" Pretty much. Yeah, she's just like staring out. Well, the she's like more up. of the Kigali we had in Seed from what she has been in all of Destiny so far. Who's this other person? Who? Homura Atha? Um, that would be her uncle, I think. I'm not familiar with that character. Let me. That, that's her dad's bio page. Younger Ghost brother. Dad. Yeah, I guess it would be Ghost Uncle. He's probably in. He's like, a minor character from the Gumbles. He's the younger brother. He's probably in the expanded universe. Literally, version. his entire wiki page, it says he is the younger brother of Azumi Nara Atha. Okay. So I wonder if he's just like. He might mentioned? have been intended to be a main character or be a character at some point, but then got dropped. But because of like intentions, he ended up on the wiki anyway. Anyway, Yuna's like, oh man, we got to do something about your language, which I guess is something Atherin has also said. But boy, does he sound like more of an asshole when he says it. He is very condescending. Although he's like. On the other hand, everyone loves you, so... You'll, you'll lose the people's respect, but I guess everybody loves you. It's like, I, if that's the case, then you kind of don't have to change how she's talking. It's like, anyway, I went to your father's monument to get his permission to marry you. And she's like, say what? He said yes. But saying, anyway, it's the saying that the wedding will take place when we sign the treaty. In like a week. Yeah, like, uh... This is just more of like, okay, we're going to completely depower Kigali through this. Yeah, because like, we've been talking about how it feels like an arranged marriage situation. They've never actually brought that up before. So this really just feels like they're taking away her choice. Especially because Kigali doesn't say anything about it. Like, she just kind of accepts it as a thing. Well, she was like, hey, wait a minute. I haven't even agreed, is what she literally says. Showing out her hands, including her nice ring. And he just grabs her and is like, oh, no, you don't get to make choices anymore, Kigali, because you're just a little girl. So, really quick, canonically, she did lose weight in the last two years. Yes, like, they all did. Like, 15 pounds. Yes, they all did. They all need a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> They've get, all been so sad they haven't been eating. Get those, get those kids Blackest a hamburger. used to be a pop idol and she's lost weight. It can't be safe. <laughs> Here, these are our emergency supplies. This is a cheeseburger. Yes. Yeah, because you need it. Uh, anyway, back to Yuna being an awkward creep and telling Kigali he does, she doesn't get a choice about who she's marrying. Yeah, he's like, honestly, he's mega rapey in this scene. Yes, as he's like stroking her ring. 
and be like, hey, we're both naturals. And, and I we're can't about- have you seen with the damn dirty coordinator. Yeah, it's like, we're about to sign an alliance with the racists, so you can't marry a coordinator. I mean, some of my best friends are coordinators, but I don't want you seeing any. Yeah. He's like, literally, we have to keep you away from all those coordinators, like your brother and your boyfriend, and I don't know, your brother's girlfriend. And that cool dude that they happen to live with, I'm pretty sure he's a coordinator. But he is like, hey, is being buddies with a bunch of coordinators why you want us to side with the plants? It's like, you go flee the country? You don't have any choices. You have to marry me. And all she can do is cry because Kigali, he can't even punch him, which is what Kigali would do. But yeah. then he is like, yeah, I have lots of coordinator friends. Birdie birdie? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, from what we've seen, at least in, in Gundam Seed, you get the feeling that Kigali would deck him. But she doesn't do anything. Yeah. She just awkwardly is in a car. Meanwhile, we get Sad Boy with a bird on his head. Just like looking like he's spacing out. <laughs> Maybe he is on the medical marijuana. Maybe. That would explain a lot, really. Dude. So yeah. She doesn't do anything to his like announcement, just glares out the window. It's like, come on, be active, do something. Speaking of never doing anything, we cut to the Kiralakis Waltfelt Maru household. Romulus, that's her last name. Where she's enjoying the sea breeze while Waltfelt makes coffee. Yeah, Waltfelt brings her a cup of coffee as well as uh, having his own. He's like, I roasted this one a little more. Tell me how you like it. She's like, not as good as yesterday. He's like, oh, I see. I must notate this in my spreadsheet. I do actually really like that he just enjoys coffee enough that he's like trying to find the perfect flavor for her. So they watch Kira go out to play. And they have this very cute, awkward moment where they both start talking. And, and he's like, no, ladies first. It's it's very, uh, very, what's it called? In Waltfeld's character to, you know, ladies first. But she's like, no, I insist. And he's like, well... So Orb's getting a real shitty politically. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> but we're not going to be able to stay. I do kind of wish this had come up earlier, but I do like how he's like, I don't know if it's going to be safe for coordinators at this point anymore. So we should probably go to the plants. Durendal seems pretty chill. Knowing what I know about him, we could probably like hang out and drink coffee. But he's like, yeah, Kiralakis and I should definitely get out of here. But hey, um, you know, if you want to split rent, you can move in with us. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he uh, you know, she asks him to the plants and Walfield is just like, yeah, I mean, that might be the only place we can go where people won't be trying to murder us. And he's like, I was hoping you'd come with us. So it, here's... He says, I thought you could come with us, so... I mean, that's, yeah. He's basically just like, I, I enjoy hanging out. We should do that more. We were having the conversation on Discord if, if, about if they're a couple or not. And I feel like this is the scene that has the most, I don't know, evidence towards that. I would way. say that because they're having the conversation the way they are having it, they are not a couple. No, but I think Walt felt wants to. That's I'm, the way I take it. The, like, the reason they, why I've always looked at it and wonder, thought about it is because. Right after we get, like, while they're having this conversation, it flashes to a picture of Waltfeld's yeah. dead wife on the mantle. So, like, I'm not sure that Waltfeld is really trying or really wants it to be more than just good friends. Because that's what they seem like at the moment, is they're just really good friends. Because they've been living together for the last couple of years as roommates. So, I took that evidence in the opposite direction, actually. Because it, like, shows his dead wife and is like, well, I'm a widower. So <laughs> And it does cross-cut across the room to two officer hats. Yeah. And you can guess who one of them belongs to. It didn't read that way to me, but I could definitely see it. It's really ambiguous. And then we cut to a shot of Lacus and Kira's mom getting along better than Lacus and Kira seem to. Well, it also showed them <laughs> initially harvesting those plants, so... And Birdie has a romantic conversation with an actual bird. Anyway, Maru responds basically like, 
I would like to live peacefully and die of old age. That sounds yeah. fantastic. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. Like, she was constantly being shot at for a good chunk of the, of the, uh, at least six months of those two previous two years. And it's like, all I want to do is live out the rest of my life without having to worry about somebody shooting at me again. I mean, if we go up there, we will constantly have to worry about someone shooting nuclear missiles at us. But I don't know, the chairman's got a neutron stampeder. It'll probably be fine. And with that, we get the eye catch. Get ready for some tactical espionage action in, like, a minute. Because I'm keeping this one short and sweet, if I can today, uh, because I'm very tired. Thanks, everyone for joining us in our game of Civ 6 yesterday as of, I think, actually today. Uh, we tried to do a game with the podcast crew and everyone on our Discord once a month. It's the last Sunday of every month, so if you're into that, come join us. We rotate which host picks the game every month, and it's completely random. I'm thinking maybe Terraria for my next one, but that's in like three months. I don't know. We'll see. Other than that, hey, hit us up on Patreon if you were a patron. You could have listened to this episode on March 5th instead of today, March 30th. We also have some weird bonus content up there, uh, like the Valentine's Disaster that recorded on Monster Musume. I don't have anything in particular this week, and no one gave me any notes that they wanted me to read, so let's get back to it, and we finally get to see Walt Feld's sweet Mega Man arm. Lemon, lemon. I listened to one of our older episodes where we forgot to mark the eye catch, and man, was that awkward. Yep, it is. So we cut tonight, and we see some people in dive suits coming from the beach. Frogmen. Frog people. Frog people. And they put on some night vision goggles and load, load up some, some carbines. Load submachine guns. I will point out that those night vision goggles are splinter cell as heck with the multiple <laughs> eyes. And like... No, that's actually what night vision goggles look like. Really? I didn't know that. I think it depends on the model, but there are some of them that look like that. And anyone's like, got that? Leave no trace of her death at the site. But also make sure you do get her. Don't just miss. And they're all like, okay, Roger, we got it. Canonically, that dude's name is now Roger. Yep. So Lacus is sleeping with all the kids, it seems like. Not she, that way, though. She usually does. Yeah, I mean, Lacus is basically like... Space uh, mom. Big, yeah, space mom Lacus. The Reverend, Kira's mom, everybody's asleep. While special forces guys are moving in on the house. Is it ever established who funded this mansion? I assumed it was Kigali slash the Orb government, but no. Okay, yeah, are, I was are they of, in Orb right now? Yes, yes. they are. Oh, okay. Yeah, so was, they got a lot of money to throw around. I was assumed it was uh, Kigali. Or, like, they were in some kind of, like, witness protection for Orb. Although, it could also just be those Lackis Klein dollars. <laughs> she was a pop idol, so she probably has bank. So, anyway, they have uh, perimeter haros who start um, going off alarm-wise. <laughs> Being incredibly annoying. Maru wakes up, like, immediately. So, there's Waltfeld. They are light sleepers. Although, I do love <laughs> Waltfeld's coffee book that he is sleeping with. Yeah, he's got just a book about coffee. It's just labeled coffee on his pillow. And I we see that he has actually gotten a prosthetic arm yep it's currently strapped in and we see kira who apparently was just laying in bed unable to sleep i, I f assume that's probably every night most nights it's the depression will keep you up until he passes out so well felt with his cane and his gun gets out and around the same time as maru who comes out and they both <laughs> have handguns and well felt's like well i'm gonna go attack you to look after her you and play the defense and get them to the shelter. It does make me wonder, because they clearly were prepared for something like this, but they both had guns nearby. Why didn't they have bigger guns nearby? Maybe because they were illegal in Orb and they were hard to conceal? I don't know. They do have a goddamn mobile suit in the basement, though, so <laughs> I don't know. 
Well, we do find out that Waltville has a Vashta Stampede arm. So. Yeah, I was go- Ah, man, I was going to make that joke. It's the I, obvious one. But... I love how, like, Kira comes out of his room. I love his expression here, actually, on where he paused the frame. And he's just, what's the matter? And Waltville's response is not, we're being attacked or anything. It's, get your clothes on. To be fair, dressed. he then does follow with, we're being attacked. Yeah. But it's, his first line is, get your clothes on. And he's like, look after Lacus and the kids. Boy, put some pants on. Okay. Like, he's more determined when he does it, but it, it definitely just has a, okay. Maru, on the other hand, does a much better job making sure that a bunch of children don't panic. And Kira puts on all his belts and shows up <laughs> with the, with his new dad, the Reverend, and his mom. <laughs> <laughs> we never established what happened to his dad, right? No. He's just gone. <laughs> he's okay. just gone. Uh, apparently somebody has died. Yep. La- there, there were gunshots. You didn't Waltfeld hear them. shot him. And he's like, man, there'd be a lot of them. They sent a hit squad, not a hit man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do like how when they're moving for the shelters, number one, they're going upstairs. But I mean, it's built on the side of a cliff, so it makes a little bit of sense. But like, Kira's not armed. It's just Maru. Yep. Yeah, I definitely had like a Mandela effect memory. I thought Kira was armed in this. I thought this was another time where he threw a gun at somebody. <laughs> it is not. It he would make have. sense, but... He should have thrown like, a gun at somebody. He didn't. He probably didn't figure he was going to need one. Whereas both Maru and Waltfelt are like, yeah. Or maybe they're like, hey, Kira, do you want a gun? And he's like, let me tell you the story <laughs> of the time Mu and I were in a space colony alone and I had a gun. And they're, then they're like, yeah, you don't get a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you're not going to get one of these. Anyway, Lack is like, don't worry, kids. Everything's going to be okay. We just need to hurry. Yeah, whereas like... Whereas like Maru is shooting out the windows. Well, and, and Maru is like moving around everybody with the gun because... Che- like, checking corners. It makes sense. She basically like holds a hallway for them as they go past and she and Kira share like a soldier nod, which is kind of cool. It's a good thing that that guy waited just long enough for all of the kids and, and everybody to go past the hallway before he came through the door. Yeah, I do love that... Maru just like a judo kicks him too when and he comes around the corner. And then shoots him in the face, man. She, she Double just, tap too. Yeah, she just straight up executes that guy. I love <laughs> it. I love the fact that both Maru and Waltfeld here get to be badasses. It's awesome. Which is a little weird because Maru is a mechanic. But we did see her do gunfights in the past. Yeah, like that, 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 makes, that makes sense. Her being like a martial arts expert is a little bit different, but... Well, she also could have been doing it. She has something since, to do in her free time. Well, yeah. she saw all the weight all the other girls were losing, and she <laughs> wanted to do something productive and fit. So she took judo. Kira just picks up a kid and is like, you're going this way now, and just kind of tosses him forward. I do like that Kira is bringing up the rear, and he just keeps kicking back, even though he doesn't have a gun. He's like, hey, Maru, they're coming behind you. Luckily, she does a cool matrix dive around as the they corner. begin opening fire to get cover on the corner. And as soon as she has cover, she Gears of War style is able to take them out. <laughs> Meanwhile, is... we cut to a bar where Waltfeld has flipped over a table to use his cover. I'm assuming it's two tables because there are legs on look... either side of, the, of where he is. But man, those must be some thick tables. They're mahogany. He goes through a door. Because the tables aren't working, but there's a guy waiting to ambush him with a knife. <laughs> with a knife. Dude, if you're there, why didn't he just open the door and shoot Waltfeld? Because the reason is, he knew Waltfeld had a name and was a main character. I mean, although, to be fair, they are shooting bullets towards the door. You don't want to be a victim of friendly fire, either. I mean, yeah, kind of, but clearly they're not going through that uh, I-, I also table. assume he did not know Waltfeld was in there. Well, I do not think he's like, oh, if I open this door, a guy will just have his back to me. He's waiting in ambush. So he stabs Walfelt, who blocks with his arm, and there's a nice squishy sound. He drops the gun and starts wrestling this dude. 
who apparently just didn't bring his gun with him. I, I love the boot to face that Walt Felt has, and then he just whips out a his Mega Man <laughs> cannon. <laughs> his Mega Man cannon and just unloads on the dude. And I do like, again, it showed that he is missing the arm and that he stabbed the fake arm. I guess he stabbed the Mega Man cannon. Yeah, well, he stabbed like took the, off the cover. Yeah, he stabbed like the sheath of the arm and he just puts it back. I do love the self-satisfied smirk. He's like, man, I really hoped I get to use this. <laughs> <laughs> man, this was not a waste of money like they said it was. But he hears over that dead dude's walkie-talkie. They've moved to Area E with the children. She has no weapon and only one guard. Just kill her. Also, the guard's a girl and we're sexist. Although, like, he doesn't pick up his pistol again, but he has it again later. So he actually had spares. He reloads by just yeah, because like now he's back and he's got his gun. And we just picks it off off screen. They he didn't want to show us him realizing he forgot it and awkwardly <laughs> going back for it. I would have loved well, I, that. Scene, I guess it though. also <laughs> didn't actually show which direction the gun went. It just showed it skid next to a wall. Yeah, it was just kind of implied that it was over towards the uh, the door. So they have a bunker that they're getting everybody to like not not just shelter, full fledged like apocalypse bunker. With an elevator, which I guess makes sense. They're probably going down into the mountain. And right? then um, we get a shot from a dude in a vent who apparently is taking his sweet, sweet time. He's a full shot on Lacus until a Haro jumps in the way. And even then, Lacus catches it, which causes Kira to look. He's like, oh no, a guy! Look there, a guy who has time to shoot my girlfriend! Please stop that guy! <laughs> that guy clearly rolled really poorly for initiative. Yeah, I was going to say, he's only like five feet away, and with his... Fully automatic weapon takes one shot. Fires one shot, <laughs> misses. <laughs> to be fair, because Kira tackles her out of the way. Because he does not just stand there at point, like I was making fun of him for. He does at least bring her to the ground. Yes. And uh, she's like, finally! <laughs> uh, I was really hoping that the horror would take the hit for her. Not because I hate horrors, which I do. Because it would but... make a little bit more sense. Yeah. And then, like, as soon as Maru and Waltfeld realize, oh, oh there's, there's a guy dude there. up there. They just hose it down. <laughs> That's not a blood vent. In my head, it's always an excessive amount of bullets, but it's really only four. They both double tap the guy. Yep. It just, it feels like it's a lot more it's because he of can't the, go anywhere. Because, <laughs> well, it's because of the time frame, because they both turn around and fire into the vent. It feels like, you know, one of it's those also moments. synchronized. Yes, where I should just, it's like the whip out the submachine gun and just waste the entire clip into the dude. So, but nope. I love as uh, Kira's helping Lacus back up, they both have this awkward smile it's on their so faces. It's so cute. I know. I, it's like very milady, like, but not in the creepy head tilty way, but in the we are doing some night role play right now. And then just drags her into the bunker. It's the elevator to the bunker, but same thing. And like, so well, finally safe and, and out of combat stress, Maru collapses, which well, I yeah, love. Yeah, because like... And she doesn't like break down or anything. She's just like, I'm exhausted. I need to, I need to breathe. Well, and it, it kind of reinforces it because she says... I'm pretty sure it's her, says they're coordinators. So, like, she's been hitting above her weight in this fight, so to speak. So it makes sense that she's tired. And Walt Felt says, yeah, and they're not amateurs, which is pretty obvious from the gear they're carrying, but... Yes, but clearly they must not be that good because they're beaten by a <laughs> cripple and a natural woman. Yeah, a level 20 cripple and a level 20 natural woman <laughs> with a bard playing the buffs. Also, Kira's there, but he's pilot. He's useless until you get him into well, a suit. Yeah, he can point. That's why he was he was helping. He had a high he's perception like, set. I want, I want to help. He's like, how Tyler, are you helping? I tell him they're behind her. I point at the vent. Tyler, <laughs> he used cheer. <laughs> Melchior's the cleric, but... No one's been hurt. <laughs> Their AC's too high. And so Kira's immediate response is, you mean they're with the Zaft forces? And like, at the very least, they are coordinator special forces. I like how Maru's like, oh man, can we be any more boned? 
man. It just for them to go after her, referring to Lacus, because everybody should have figured out by now they're after Lacus, since like the one dude who had a perfect shot was aiming for Lacus. And I do have love Lacus is like not unfazed by it, but is like I have to take care of the kids. I can't worry about why they're trying to shoot me. And Kira's like, but why Lacus? A question I have asked. Yeah, but why Lacus? I assume it's because so spitballing. I assume Durandal ordered this hit so that his Lacus would be the only Lacus. To rule them all in darkness? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't want to go on the rant just yet. That comes later, <laughs> because it, it's uh, like going over the rest of the episode first. The other option is Yuna was just talking about how we got to get rid of all Kigali's coordinator friends. That And is... he does have coordinator friends. But why Lacus yeah. specifically? Yes. I would kill Kira. He's her brother. That seems like the much bigger, more tangible threat. Okay, so here's the thing. No, none of them necessarily have any reason to know who Kira is. Yuna might, but here's Yuna the thing. Yuna mentioned Kira earlier. But he, he knows he's her brother. Yes. He doesn't necessarily know, number one, who he really is, like who, that he was the Freedom's pilot. He knows he's a coordinator, though. That's he knows he's a matters. coordinator, but he doesn't know he's the Freedom's pilot. He doesn't know he's got the Freedom in the basement. That is true. Yeah, I, I guess no one knew who piloted the Freedom. Yeah, that's earlier, my right? point. Like, Atherin Zala was in the Zaf military, so all his deets are public, not public knowledge, but military knowledge yeah whereas like who knows kira yamato is the pilot of the freedom the three ships alliance yeah i didn't realize I have that. A- a- and the arca and izak knows it's the guy who piloted the strike it is <laughs> i, I do never meet no izak and kira have never met there is the possibility that the told izak kira's name as well as the possibility yeah. that he told Durundle when he was debriefed before yeah. they like let him go back into the Zaft military. Yeah, Diarca could have told everyone, but I do not think he did, personally. I'm just saying there's the possibility that he mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. so Diarca seems both smart enough and cool enough to not have done that accidentally. So anyway, Roger is like, how can we fail? Bring out the ashes! Oh, I thought they were the, the asshats. <laughs> like, we have to kill Lacus Klein right now, no matter what. This... <sighs> And also, she did win the last war. Yep, that is true. And that's kind of public knowledge, right? Yeah. Everyone in Orb, or in uh, Zaft, like in the plants. There we go. I have a full rant on this that I'm going to go on after we get to the end. So that, like, we can move forward a little bit without me derailing us too far here. But, like, Lacus finishes taking care of the kids and goes and talks to... Her bodyguards and boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And she tells all of their names in case you didn't watch Gundam Seed. And she's like, they were trying to shoot me, right? This is all a hit on me. I'm not crazy. And I love how, like, the way she, they ma- they drew her eyes or animated her eyes made it look like while she's definitely putting on a brave face. She's this concerned. Is, like, this is actually rattling her. And I do like how Kira goes to comfort her immediately. He's not, like, super awkward. He's like, yeah, hey, let me do something about this before we say yes. I- but then th- there's a tremor and she lands in him. And we see the ashes, which are the new Zaft, or I guess, new water mobile suits. Amphibious. That's the word I wanted. New amphibious Launching mobile suits. missiles. They've got crab claws with laser guns. They've got missile pods. They've got mono eyes. Their crab claws are also laser claws. That Isn't only happens this basically once. just the Zagok? It's very similar. The Zagok does not have those missile pods, and it's also a lot sleeker. The Zagok's kind of a fat mobile okay. suit. Yeah. This one's got a lot more curve to it. And also, like, the lines. wings. They're not actually wings, but the shoulder wings there are not a very Zagok thing. I know. I love the hell out of this. I like things. them a lot for especially for an aquatic suit. This is the stupidest thing on the face of the planet to Why have is these. That? Uh because they're v- th- presumably traceable, although we've not seen any military with them thus far. They're not very stealthy. 
Yeah, okay, that's true. Yes. <laughs> yes, because what, what are you going to do if somebody like happens to be nearby? You're not going to hide this, especially since you're now firing heavy ordnance. Yeah, it, it's very catchable, right? On the other hand, I assume this is how they got here. I mean, they could have taken a sub or something. I mean, that's true, but at this the same time, it's C. still stupid. Like, you would come with, like, some kind of small submarine or something, not a fleet of these so, things. So like, you might have one of these in reserve. Yeah, that makes a lot not more sense. Not all of but these. I will say plan A was hit squad. Plan B was Steve in the vent. Plan C <laughs> was nuke it from orbit. Obviously, that's not an option. Plan D was these suits. So they did actually have to go with their last option. It's still not a good idea if you're <laughs> no, trying to not. be if you're trying to be covert. It definitely screams of desperation, which is also what they say. They're like, okay, we have to do this no matter what. We are desperate to make sure Lacus Klein is dead. So keep firing at that one part of the shelter until we get through it. And so they just start shooting their lasers. Pew pew. So they go deeper into the bunker. Just in time, apparently. And Wolf's like, well, I can't say they're not persistent. <laughs> Maru's like, mobile suits? He's like, well, this is a Gundam series. Probably. <laughs> so I love how they're just standing in this, like, absolutely bare-bones bunker. And how, like, with them shooting at it, it's not going to last long. What's this weird arm thing up in the corner It's here? a TV. Okay. It looked like it's just a claw. <laughs> I have no okay. idea. You said it so authoritatively, Zach. That's the truth. You have We've to fake it till you, you well. make it. And Kira and Lacus are acting more like a couple than they ever had. They're holding hands and standing close on their own and everything. Lacus is really, really, like, sad looking. Yeah, goes, Kira actually looks baffled. I think he's trying to figure out what to do. I agree. Because, like, this is also not a situation he's got a lot of experience with. Because, like, he's got to comfort this girl. He's actually on the ground when mobile suits are shooting at him. He's like, oh, my pilot stats are useless here. So anyway, oh, wait a minute. I'm going to spend a fate point to have my mobile suit be in the basement. <laughs> So I would play a Gundam Fate game. I'm just going to throw that out there. Well, because, like, out of nowhere, it's like, Lacus, you have your keys with you, right? I do like this. Well, if it's Although, like, no, I guess it's not Kira. It's yeah, Wolf says that. Yeah. And Kira and Lacus were both shocked, and then Kira looks to her. And Wolf is like, we got to open the door. It's our only option. Unless we all want to die out here without putting up a fight. And Lacus is like, ah, God. Well, that's not an option. Honestly, I've always got the f- the feeling more here that it's not so much that she's concerned about herself no. as she is oh, concerned no. about letting him do it again. Yeah, she doesn't exactly. want to put Kira in that to robot. To be fair, Kira immediately realizes that in a rare moment of emotional intuition for Kira. Although, I also kind of get the feeling that Waltfeld wasn't necessarily suggesting Kira do it. No, he's no. about to say, I'll drive. And yep. Kira's like, no. I'll drive. Yeah. yeah like, I actually kind of like This that. whole scene I really love. Like, it shows how connected they are and how on another level they are. But Kira's always been the guy that, at the end of the day, he puts its boots on. That's why I like him more than Amuro, is Amuro would whine and bitch before he had to put pilot the Gundam. Whereas Kira would certainly complain about it. When the, but, like, when, he's always like, I'm the guy who can pilot it, so I'm the guy who has to pilot it. When the, Even before Lacus was, like, that, in that speech. Yeah, when the chips are down... Kira gets in the mobile suit without anybody pushing him, but, like... In fact, the people chips, try to talk him out of it. The <laughs> chips often have to be down, and they've got to be all in before he'll get in the mobile suit, which has its own problems, but I definitely prefer it to, like, having somebody just whine and bitch all the time about it, or having to have, like, someone come up and just be like, get in the mobile suit! And I think that's why Lacus is so hesitant about this, is that she knows Kira will do it. She knows he'll do it, and she knows he'll feel bad about it yeah which i think is more important to her yeah, because yeah. she cares about him yeah and his emotional stability which has already been questionable for like two years on the other hand we have seen about 20 shots of kira mentally preparing himself for this yeah he i think he was going to do it eventually anyway 
But then, like, he's looking at the door, and he's clearly, like, needs a second to psych himself up to actually do it. Okay, the way they animated his mom's face, it's not animated, but it's drawn. It's just, like, she's looking off to the side, like, out of, like, just giving it the side eye, just standing there with the kids. It's like, I kind of understand why you went the cheap route here, but it looks really awkward. So I do, like, Lacus is clearly still hesitating. Kira's like, hey, give him to me. I'll do it. I love how, like, reluctant she is. Yeah, like, he's he's decided, I'm, I gotta put the pants on, and stepped up, and Lacus is now like, but I don't want you to. Yeah, but I promised I'd wear the pants. <laughs> I know I'm in a dress, it's their metaphor pants. Yeah, and he has, he has to really reassure Lacus that, like, he's okay to do it, and, like, she really gets emotional about it. And honestly, I really like that, because it's not necessarily depowering Lacus by having her be really emotional here, because, like... She's clearly concerned with about Kira. It's not depowering. She's trying to use her agency. She's like, no, we should find another way. But there simply isn't one. Yeah, but her like her whole thing is like, we need to find a different way. Whereas Kira and Waltfeld have kind of just realized, yeah, and Maru too. Like, there is no other way. We we gotta we we gotta go it's kick do some or ass. die, literally. And the keys are in the harrow. <laughs> The Harrow Which is the also reason... says, why is that as it opens? And I mean, I it is understand. like the only reason why Kira, why the, the Harrow couldn't have taken the shot. But we also know she's got a bunch <laughs> more of them. So it could have easily been a different one. I suddenly understand why the Harrow's dialogue is so weird. Atherin was playing with chatbots <laughs> when he was designing them. And he's like, oh, I wonder if I can make these things sound natural. No. So no, Lacus gives Kira the keys to the chest, the, the mobile suit. <laughs> And he, I do love how there are two keys, and he and Walt felt have to put them in nuclear launch style because the Freedom is a nuclear Gundam. Well, it's it's a lot of like there's a lot of responsibility and a lot of power bound up in the Freedom. So having that be within one person's control, because even a third, they did give both keys to Lacus on the other hand. But you do need two people to open it. Yeah, you so. need two people to open it. But Lacus has control of them, and I would also actually believe that the way they set this up is that Lacus can't actually open the door. Like, it has to be Kira and somebody else are the only people who could actually open the door, and Lacus isn't one of them. I don't think that, just because Kira earlier said, hey, I'll do it, you don't have to. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm saying I would believe it, I don't think that's the case. So anyway, obviously the freedom's on the other side of that door, like we've been saying, because what else could it be? I guess a new freedom, but... I mean, it could be something different, because the freedom was pretty jacked up at the end of Seed. Yeah. Yep. But its reveal here is really neat, because you also don't necessarily know what's back there, because it could be, like, an astray or something like that. It wouldn't nearly be as poignant if it was an astray and not the freedom. Was the freedom manufactured in Orb? No. No, that was okay. built in Zaft. Yeah. Okay. Because remember, Lacus gave it to him in the first place on the... Uh, Zaft space station. I was going to say they made it a bit more plausible that they repaired it in orb, but I kind—I don't always assume they repaired it in orb. I kind of wonder if Lacus repaired it with her crew, with we, the I mean, remnants of the three ships alliance yeah. before it dissolved. Yeah. It would make sense given that the Eternal was also built to handle the freedom and the justice. So yeah. Anyway, it's pristine now and on a very similar catwalk to the one it was on at first. Although this one leads right up to the cockpit. Does make you wonder how much it must have cost to excavate this hangar. Maybe it was already there. That's true. It could have already been like a mil a president safe house or something. I mean, I'd believe that for the bunker, but the mobile suit sized hangar. I do love the wind blowing Lacus's hair when the door shuts. It's just a nice animation touch. As they start blowing through more of the bunker to create stakes, they are now through the bunker wall, and we get a great ominous mono eye shot. I love those. But we get it countered with the boot up of the Freedom. And the Gundam complex. 
I mean, we've seen this before, but this is the first time in Destiny, which is, which like I'm okay with because if you were watching these not back to back for a podcast, it would have been a while since you'd seen the freedom. Yeah, quite a while. And I kind of have an argument that we haven't had time to miss Kira because he's been all over the place, whereas we have had time to miss my baby, the freedom. <laughs> and I do love Kira's like determined sad face as he's booting it up. I love that he decides that the best way to get out of the hangar is to blow a hole in the roof. Well, he needs to go fast. Well, it also, like, I've always wondered, like, if there actually is a hangar door there. Yeah, Presumably I was wondering not. if there was a way to get it out. If they just built the hangar around the Freedom. So the Freedom gets up in the sky and they all look up and it's like, hey, what's that? And we get some nice glory shots of it. Very similar ones to the it's Battle at Alaska. And one of them like, hey, is that the Freedom? That's not possible. And leader dude is, Roger, is like, what? And surprisingly, is not the first one to die. <laughs> and Kira's just instantly in business mode, goes seed mode, does his lightsaber draw, and just disarms and delegs one of them yeah. immediately. Just like goes in, slash, 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 nah. To the he's extent doing that- it like he's preparing them for some kind of like, <laughs> put them on the table, they're done. The Ash actually looks mildly surprised to have just lost its leg. So he's drawing all the fire, doing some cool dodge moves, does a cool backflip for no reason, and fires all the guns to de-arm and de-leg two yeah, of them. Just takes he's just taking limbs like he gets points for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, check this out. This is actually harder than just killing you. And to some extent, you know, in addition to Kira being a badass in a massively overpowered suit, this makes a certain amount of sense because there hasn't been armed conflict for a while, so where would these guys have trained unless they're veterans of Training the Training is war? one thing. Like, exactly. They don't have actual combat experience is another one. Exactly. And they're just like, how is he wrecking us so bad? I love how he dodges all of the thing's missiles despite the fact that his phase shift armor can tank them. <laughs> Might as well. And I do love, these things have like laser beam claws. I know. And love it's like, well, he keeps shooting the hell out of us. Maybe I can melee this guy. Kira blocks it with the shield and like, Body slams him. I love that shot. Yeah. Like, he just lifts him up and slams him down with the shield. So the reason it doesn't take the mi- missiles on the phase shift armor is they forgot to plug it in. So it's actually only at, like, 30% battery. No, see, the reason why Kira dodges missiles and stuff like that when the phase shift is turned on is because missiles scratch the paint. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. And, like, look at that paint job. That gray. <laughs> so Kira continues just with his determined look. The guy he just body slams gets up, tries to shoot him. Kira shoots out his arm. And then he goes again, and so Kira shoots out the other again. arm, and he's like, no, bad ash, no missiles for you, no arm, no legs, just slowly shoots off one limb at a time with the beam like, rifle. If, if, this wasn't a per- if this was a person, this is horrifying. Yeah, he's going for full intimidation tactic, and it's because he doesn't want to kill them, obviously. Yeah, he's trying to get them to surrender. But he's just doing it effortlessly, too, which is great. But Roger pulls the self-destruct mechanism. And they all start self-destructing. And we see Kira reacting to that. Like, he's been pretty deadpan this entire time, but as soon as they start killing themselves to keep the secret. I love how everyone's like, Kira's such a badass, we can just not be in the bunker. (laughs) To be fair, they blew up the wall of the bunker. Like, the bunker was exposed. Yeah, but they they went to a different location in the bunker. I just love how they're all standing on a hill. I love this kid in the front who's like, yeah, Kira's my favorite shonen hero. (laughs) I love love how you've got the kid. There's a couple of kids that are like, really, like, yeah, that's awesome. And all the adults are like, shit, not again. To differing degrees. Revan Malkia's like, I'm sure something happened over there, but I can't see. I'm sure he could hear it. The freedom looks so badass in that shot with all the smoke around it. Yeah, just untouched. And the episode ends with Birdie landing on Kira's shoulders. When did he get here? <laughs> Kira looks at his shoulder. 
God damn it, where the fuck did you come from? Was he in the cockpit the whole time? I love how the credits start while it's zooming out of the shot of the freedom standing amongst all the dam- all the destroyed ashes and all the um the other people standing on the hill above it. That's an HD remake touch because the HD remake uses a new ending song for this episode and the previous one. As I mentioned before, it's only on these two episodes. Hey, I'm going to give credit where it's I good. think credit is due. It's good. I'm just saying it's a it's a t- it's a new touch. touch. Yeah. They they realized they needed something there so they put it there. So yeah, that does it for Phase 13, Resurrected Wings. Tyler, what did you think? It was a pretty good episode. I'm trying to think what I thought. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it needed a little bit more shin, but at least we finally got Kira doing something. So, Zach? Uh, So, I have a lot of problems with this episode, because literally no one has an upside to doing this. Because if it's Durundal doing it, and it comes out, you unify Orb's population behind the Earth forces because you went and shot civilians and you shot kids because you're not going to kill Lacus without killing those kids. And if it comes out that that's what happened, it looks even worse for you. So you, we've already seen Orb is pretty conflicted. So then you put everybody behind it and you have a unified nation. Maybe Durandal already knew that they were a lost cause, though. Not the population, though. Okay, that's fair. The the government and the populace, two different things. And it doesn't make a lot of sense for Yuna just because of the same reason. If it comes out that Yuna did something like that... I don't think they could ever trace it back to him if he used Zaft military equipment. I think the only thing he could... Po- Yuna actually seems like a great candidate because he could only ever pin it on the plants. Which is what he wants anyway. Yeah, exactly. I don't I mean, think that could ever come back to him. True, yeah, and but, Durundal has the more clear motive of, I have a Lacus Klein, I need to make sure the real one doesn't show up and yeah, mess but with at, that. At the moment, she's not doing anything, and the only reason why she starts doing something is because some idiot decided to go shoot at her. I've I wonder made... if that would have stayed true, though, just because we've been talking about how it seems like Kira is getting ready to do something. I've made the joke in the past that the uh, some moron decided to go like, Oh, the the most powerful and famous pilot in history is just chilling <laughs> on an island doing nothing with his girlfriend. Let's go shoot at him. But that was because I forgot that, uh, number one, they were targeting Lacus, And uh, number two, like, it wasn't one of those things that I'd ever really thought about. But no one knows who Kira actually is. Which is or has cool. any reason to expect that he has the freedom in the basement. I mean, even if they, like the Arca did say, yeah, he's the freedom's pilot. He's totally banging her. They don't have <laughs> any reason to think the freedom's in the basement chilling. <laughs> As anything more than a euphemism? Yeah. I almost wanted to call this podcast, Let's Go Shoot Mary Magdalene. <laughs> <laughs> like the entirety of the podcast. It's a little bit too inside baseball of a joke which is why we did not call it that, but that was a potential title for this podcast because of this episode. Because it does wake the sleeping giant. I, yeah, I mean, there's that. And I do also have problems that Maru is such a badass because they are supposed to be coordinators. And it's like, these are trained special forces, like the best guys you have. Maru's a mechanic and warship pi- or warship captain. I'm sorry, that's probably not going to win. Yep. So like, it's it's just an awkward disconnect. But I do love seeing Maru be a badass. So I have a real love-hate relationship with that. Yeah, I'm not bothered by the Maru stuff at all. I will say, in my second watch of Gundam Seed Destiny, I kind of pinned this episode as the point of no return. Because I'm the biggest Kira Yamato fanboy in the world. And so I love, especially how effortlessly he just delimbs all these ashes. I love the Kira Lacus stuff in this episode. Because it really helps reassert, yes, they are a couple. Even if they are in a very weird like place physically. They do have that sort of relationship. They are definitely partners. Yeah. And they are, like, 
very reliant on one another. The Kirilaka stuff is fantastic. But also, this is where Kira Yamato inserts himself into the story and <laughs> slowly takes it over. But like we've been talking about, it seems like he's been preparing to do something anyway. And like I said earlier, the one real problem I think is we haven't had time to miss Kira. Yeah. Because he's been sitting around being sad. If he'd been off screen more, I think that would be, it would have been a bit more dramatic, but. Yeah, you're probably right. High point, Tyler? Oh, man. There are a lot of possible high points in this one. I'm going to give it to this because it's so schlocky and cheesecakey. The Maru bullet time dodging a bunch of bullets. <laughs> Zach, as much as I want to give it to the Freedom's reappearance, I got to give it to the Kirilakis stuff. Because that is just fantastic, the way they went about doing that. It's all I wanted to have in Destiny. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go with Kira shooting all the limbs off that last ash. It's like, no, think about what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially as the ash goes and like, okay, other gun. Okay. Mi- oh, no. Uh, foot? <laughs> <laughs> no limbs for you. Totally just black knighted that guy. Do you have a low point, Tyler? Ooh. Man, even the things that I think are kind of low points are actually pretty good in this episode. I I think actually pretty much just the entire car ride between Kigali and... Yeah, that is pretty bad. Yeah, I was going to say like his mock, I guess, a dedication to the memorial, but that was actually pretty good, even if I hate him. So, <laughs> Zach? I still think the assassination attempt in general, while it leads to a lot of good things about the series in general, or just a lot of cool scenes, it just doesn't make any sense, especially when they bring out the mobile suits. It's, it's a like, dumb idea. Yeah, th- no one wins by this. There's a lot of stuff in Destiny that's like, yeah, it's a Gundam series, and let's bring out the mobile suits to do this assassination plot is definitely one of them. I think I'm going to go with how long that dude's an event, like looking at Lackis <laughs> Klein. Yeah. And the fact that one Haro did not die for his sins. <laughs> All right, so before we wrap up, we have a few responsibilities. First, we scored points in Ghost Dad. We scored 13 points in this, or I guess 13 seconds of points. Yeah, in 13 this points. Phase 13. So Kigali's dad has been in Gundam Seed Destiny for a total of 21 seconds now. It's a full minute after his death. So he was alive for almost 17 minutes, 1659. He has been dead for one minute. <laughs> so we're creeping up on that see though we cut all the cl- most of the clip episodes out of the hd version which is going to take a lot of his points away yeah that's true that, that is where a lot of them came from i mean if we need to do a recount with the non-hd episodes i don't know if i want to do that much work but we'll that's see. fair also we need to rank something on our mobile suit list do we want to do the ashes i think so they don't really make a lot of appearances after this do they i can't think of many which is why mm-hmm. i wanted to get them now all right so we have a list on our website, www.lastpodcast.com, listing mobile suits we like. At the top is the Freedom, and it's back, baby! <laughs> At the bottom is the Minestrel, the ball wannabe that's not even as good as a ball. Dead center, we have the Blitz Gundam. So looking for the other aquatic mobile suits, we have the... What were they even called? Uh, there's there's a no a in the suit. Oh, wow, they are very low. They are. They are 40 and 41. This thing blows those out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> Pun definitely intended. Yeah, no, it's way better. I like it more than the Strike Dagger, I think. I think I do, too, simply because the, you got me at those laser claws. They're really dumb, but I love them. I really like the missile pods on it and just its sleek look. I well, I guess I don't have to make a decision. It's got a lot of sharp lines on it, which but I like. I, I, I would honestly agree. I think it's better than the Strike Dagger. So another Zaf grunt suit I like is the Din. How do you think it compares to the Din? Sam, this is where we're getting a little questionable for me, but I still think I might like it more than the Din. I think I like the Din more just because it's more 
Like, it feels more functional. It's a toss-up, for sure. I agree with Zach on functionality, but I think I like this design more. I mean, that's 90% of what I rate these on. If I can't decide between the design, then I go to practicality. <laughs> How do the we think it compares really to the high. Astray? Um, I like the Astray more, actually. The Astray is going to be really hard to beat for me as a, like, grunt suit. I also would agree with that. I prefer the Astray. Not quite aquatic, but a crabby suit. We have the Zamzaza. Um, and I think I prefer the Zamzaza. That's the last week. The, the, the weird hovering crab. Oh, okay, yeah. Honestly, I, I don't really like the Zamzaza. That's fair. I don't like it as much as Tyler, but I do think it's more striking than Ash. I think they're about comparable. How do we think it compares to the Skygrasper? I like huh. me jets, and I like me jets with swords so, or sword capabilities. So I got to give it to the Sky Grasper. That's a tough choice for me. I might have to give it to the Ash. Actually, I own a model of the Sky Grasper. I'm never going to get an Ash model. <laughs> That's fair. Mobius Zero. I think I might like it more than the Mobius Zero. Mobius Zero is kind of cool with all those funnels, but uh, also that Moo. <laughs> well, I mean, it's mostly that move. The, the problem I have with the Mobius Zero is with the funnels detached, it looks like just one big, like, gun a barrel tube. looking thing, yeah. tube. And the gun barrels themselves aren't, they don't really do it too much for me. So I think I got to go with the Ash. Um, honestly, I think Zach's, I was actually going to go with the Mobius Zero, but I think Zach's argument just swayed me. So, how do we think it compares to the Gaia Gundam? I think I like the Gaia. <sighs> Transforming more. puppy Gundam? Yes. I, with the little puppy inside. Give me, <laughs> give me the Ash. I know you like the Gaia's, Tyler. I do. Join me. I do really like the Gaia. I think I also prefer the Ash, though. Okay. You got me with those crab claws. So the final question, is it better or worse than the Blitz Gundam? (laughs) You're laughing at Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're out of crab mobile suits, but I hope we're wrong. Uh, I like the Or that double O is all crab mobile suits. I like the Blitz's uh, motif a lot more, especially, you know, being able to cloak is cool. I don't like all of its weapons being in the one arm, but... It it, looks rad. It cloaks! I prefer the Ash, personally, despite saying the Gaia was better. I think I'm actually going to decide with Zach on this one. I think I like the Blitz. Okay, so the Ash will go at number... Two S's. Yeah, I was like, which it's not two H's, Jeremy, so what is it? It's Asshat. The Asshat. The Ash will go at number 23, above the Gaia, but below the Blitz. Oh, that did pretty well, especially for an amphibious suit. I really like it. It is very striking. Historically, I like really specific purpose suits also. I tend to prefer artillery, like, as my favorite of specific use suits. But yeah, anything else we want to say about this episode? Um, I'm sad that we lost Maru Manor. I like that house a lot, so. (laughs) It was a nice house. All right, that will do it for Phase 13, Resurrected Wings. Join us next week when we will watch Phase 14, Flight to Tomorrow. And until then, we have to keep watching. It is our destiny. that the orb ships were firing on us and that I felt I couldn't just let it end like that. 
And then suddenly my mind became clear. Huh? Do you mean you lost it? <laughs> 